You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Justin C. Gleason, bringing you the message of God, Bible, and Church in the year of our Lord, 2021. Please subscribe, become a loyal listener, give a great review and rating, and share this episode with your friends. Reference the episode notes for my contact and social media information. Podcasting is the future. Darren Waddles is a podcaster, educator, and a Republican chairman, parliamentarian, and delegate in various counties and districts in Arkansas. He is also my cousin. We share grandparents, Charles and Marcella Dyson. Be sure to follow and listen to his podcast, On Top of the Mount, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and more. Reference the show notes for the links and other important information. Darren, great to speak with you. How you been? Hey, it's great to be with you, man. And I'm doing great. Awesome, man. We, uh, we're running this podcast thing. We started in the wake of a pandemic and, uh, we survived it. Come on. Right. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> and it, it, it was amazing. It was probably something I wouldn't want to repeat, but still, wow, what a year, 2020, right? Right, exactly. You know, if you were like me, I thought, why am I starting a podcast? Why? This is not a good time. This is not a whatever. I don't have time. And then all, all of a sudden, boom, everybody was stuck at home. <laughs> it was a great time. <laughs> yeah, the stars aligned. Yes, yes, they did. So, well, Darren, congratulations on a phenomenal podcast, phenomenal content and your career and everything. Um, you know, my listeners know that I don't talk about politics that much, just a little bit here and there as it, re- as it relates to God, Bible and church. But politics is your life and you are worthy. You have the resume for it. You've got the experience for it. So it's, that's why we're bringing you on because you, you know what you're talking about and you have something to say on the subject. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say. And, um, I almost really didn't even know where to start. Normally you try to start with what's going on here and now, but right. For whatever reason, I feel to go back a little bit. Let's go back to November. Why did Donald Trump lose? Why did he lose? Ooh, boy, man. Yeah, let's start, start there. Off, let's start. There. We start off with those cans of worms. Oh Lord. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that that's a very fun question. There's so many variables there. Now let's let's start with the elephant in the room. Okay. At play, you have Donald Trump. Okay. So with Donald Trump. In fact, I I just had an interview with a former state senator who happened to be in the uh, White House working with the president. Mm -hmm. And he can tell you, and he says in the podcast, in in my latest episode, um, that the president has two different attitudes. It's the guy that you actually work with and the guy that you see on TV. 
He says, the guy that you see on TV is all about himself. He's loud and obnoxious. The guy that's actually in the White House doing all the work, he's a workaholic. He's very personable. And he wants to get things right and done things a certain way for the betterment of the people. But the problem was, is that most Americans only saw the guy that was on TV. Uh, So that that hurt him a little bit. Now, Trump to the side, as crazy as that sounded, let's push him to the side and let's look on the other uh, other side. All right. Now, I had spoken uh, with you on a different occasion about something I did back in November. You know, when I started this in November, I did not suspect anything. Uh, but little did I know that there was some foul play at hand. And yeah, even where I reside in Little Arkansas, in Little Rock, where I was a poll watcher. And what I saw, and I can't comment on everything because there's still some litigation that I may have to appear in court for. Sure. Uh, but what I can say is what I saw there, there was undeniably shenanigans at play, not necessarily with a particular candidate or a particular campaign, but there are organizations that are among us that hide themselves with, you know, family friendly uh, images and they seem like they're all right. And they, say that they're a nonpartisan organization and they say that they're uh, collecting dollars uh, that are for nonprofit, but that's not so. And I got to see these organizations firsthand. Uh, And the shenanigans that they pulled is just amazing. And they don't go by just one name. They're all tied together. And, um, like I said, I can't comment too, too much, but what we saw in November and the outcome of that election, I'm not one for conspiracy theory, but I can definitely say there was a organizational play to make sure that Trump did not win that election. And, uh, we definitely saw that, uh, well, I was going to say election night, but it was the day after an election <laughs> that we all found out the shenanigans. Are you hinting at illegal activity? Um, yes, yes. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. So some illegal activity. Say the word shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. They also yeah, say barkey. Okay. Yeah, I get get what you're saying. So if I could put two and two together, it's essentially uh, the ballot box, how the votes were counted and stuff. Right. All right. Mm. Wow. You know, Trump has a an unusual level of confidence and. You know, I mean, we remember we, we were having discussions back in 2015. I was picking Trump, you know, back then. Not a lot of people were. I, I kept it to myself, but I, I remember talking to you about it. And I think mm-hmm. I remember telling you, I said, I said, Darren, I said, if you if you got a junkyard and you and you want something to protect it, you need a junkyard dog, <laughs> not a little. Right. That's, right. that's what I wanted Trump to be. 
But I noticed this past election, uh, there was some genuine pride that I, I was not very comfortable with coming out of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that did cost him, you know, just as well as other things, the, the pandemic, uh, all of the race riots, just the unrest. And, you know, I guess I've heard people, people say this, that sometimes people are elected as a reaction because of a past president. Am I saying it correctly? Like for instance, yeah. Obama, they, they would say Obama was reelected, was elected as a reaction to Bush. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, or as political scientists would say, it would be a pendulum swing, but yes, you'd be correct in what you were saying. Is the, so you think that that did come into play too with Biden? Um, I, in some way, it wasn't like a knee-jerk reaction, um, but the numbers and the situation we were in with COVID were very peculiar because the numbers that we had uh, with turnout rate was astronomically the highest we've ever had in probably, I think, a century. Um, because I think the turnout rate, if I'm not mistaken, was 71%, which is astronomically higher than yeah. previous presidential elections. But I think that had to do with COVID and the fact that there was the uh, introduction of mail-in balloting and whether or not those individuals voted once or twice or three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that just don't line up. And if I remember going, uh, what was the election day? Was it November 6th, 5th? Correct. I believe I can't remember. But I remember feeling so weird that day. I just felt so on edge. Um, I went home and just, I told my wife, I said, I feel like I just got robbed. Something doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, then sure enough, all, all the things we saw unfold that night and all of the things that are happening, things you just referenced. So it is definitely weird feeling, you know, us spirit-filled apostolics. It's, it's odd to us, you know, what, mm -hmm. what is going on. It's got a lot of us on edge, but we knew this, you know, we're in the last days, corruption. It's, it's, right. it's here, nation against nation, all those things. So right. what do you think about the conspiracy theories? There's a lot of them out there. I suppose let's go with the one that, um, the most common one that really Trump is still the president. You know, we're under martial law, the military's in command, and they're just waiting to catch Biden in the act and storm the White House and take control. And Trump's going to come in on a white horse, you know, and all this. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, conspiracy theories. I, I, I am not one for conspiracy theories. I uh, some, I mean, they're fun to read. They're fun to read and to entertain every once in a while. But these same individuals are the same ones that said that George W. Bush caused 9-11 and or the conspiracy theory of uh, JFK's assassination, that it was all an undercover thing between Nixon and George H.W. Bush or LBJ. Yeah. Um, they, they go deep and far. Um, and just, you know, the, the thought process of 
conspiracies goes into the school of thought of crypticism. And crypticism, you take symbolisms and phrases and you you really start stretching what you see and you start reading into things that aren't technically there. Now say that word again, crypticism. Crypticism. I've never heard that word. I'm writing it down. Yeah, I like it. Cryptics. Cryptics. They look into symbols and they stretch things out just like you would, uh, like, let's say you go to a, uh, a gypsy with a, a crystal ball. They read it. They read things that are there, but aren't there. They stretch what's, they stretch reality to make uh. it something that's not so. Um, that's crypticism. And that's kind of what's going on with uh, conspiracy theories is they take something that's just not there Uh, with Trump, with that theory, uh, martial law. Oh, gosh, no, 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 no. Uh, The the president is Joe Biden, whether you like like it or not. Joe Biden is the current president of the United States, whether he was legally elected uh that is well i mean he's legally elected but whether the votes were lawful or not mm-hmm. on how they were cast or not that is still a discussion most americans are having to to this day but uh it is unarguably he was elected the the process did not fail um and he's president so trump right now he's living up in florida and uh, is he going to declare martial law and take over the White House? Not a chance. Not a chance in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. There you have it. Well, I've made my peace with it. I did. I made my peace with it about 40 days after Election Day. And my audience knows this. I inquired of the Lord for 40 days about it. I said, God, why does it feel weird? Like I knew Obama was elected. I knew he would be elected. Every president, you know, since right. I've been paying attention to politics since uh, the late 90s, it, it was just obvious they were there. But Biden, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said the spirit world does not recognize him as president. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's probably why it seems so unusual, yeah. even to people who do not believe in the conspiracy theory. Right. And it could be because of uh, foul play. Mm-hmm. So, but, and you know, man, those things may all come out. And it may all be by design and all things may work together for the good that of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And I still think America, God still has a plan for this country to use us as a force of good in the earth. Right. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So yeah, moving forward, Biden is the president. Kamala Harris is the vice president. What do you see them doing? In, you know, for the, for the next, well, now three and a half years now, we're six months into this. For the next mm-hmm. three and a half years, what do you see them, what are the key agenda points that you see them doing? Hmm. You know, I was asked this um, by my friend uh, Tyler Chapman on his podcast. And then we were in the honeymoon phase. Well, we're past the honeymoon phase and it's we're, 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 we're way past that. And apparently he's not listening to Justin Gleason and giving a healthy relationship 
uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the American people. Um, so uh, what we're seeing right now, uh, because Biden, you know, a lot of people think he, you know, he's low energy, Joe, he's sleepy, Joe. Um, and that's the way people look at him. But reality is, is Joe Biden's not the moron that, you know, the media makes him look. I mean, he didn't get there by happen chance. Sure. Uh, he wasn't in the Senate forever and a day by happen chance. And Obama sure didn't choose a moron for a vice president. Okay. As much as we would yeah. wish that was the case, but, uh, so Joe Biden, he, he has, he has some smarts up there, whether we believe it or not. And as president, he knows that he's facing a tug of war between the old guard and these new social justice warriors out there, uh, that, you know, like the AOCs and the, uh, what are they called? I guess they're, they, they've named themselves the gang. Um, mm-hmm. the four horsemen of the, or the four <laughs> horsewomen of the apocalypse. <laughs> right. Yes. The four <laughs> horsewomen of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. A man and a woman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the honorable Emmanuel Cleaver. That's right. <laughs> right. Oh goodness. You know, I uh, like Emmanuel Cleaver some reason he's been, he's been to our church. He's, he's actually uh-huh. delightful. Nice man. Don't agree with his politics, but right. And that prayer right. was strange. We don't right. know what happened there. So. You know, Democrats or those on the left side of the fence, I should say, um, because, you know, there's some left wingers on both sides of the aisle. So it's better to say it that way. The, that uh, is the truth. There's right. There's right. there's um, among the best you can find the worst. Doesn't matter where. So absolutely. Uh, but so. with that in mind, um, to kind of go back to the premise of uh, question that you know Joe Biden, he's he's fighting this tug of war between corporate and the old guard of the Democratic Party and the the far radical left, the Bernie Sanders, and so on. And he's trying to find that happy medium to keep everyone happy. And so that you're going to see a lot of that, especially with the Congress that we have. It is very divisive uh, right now, given the margins that we have in the Congress where it's needle nose majority. Um, I think the if I'm not mistaken, I think the Democrats have a majority of five in the House. And they have a tiebreaker in the Senate by the uh, vice president. Uh, so it's needle nose and things are going to reflect, uh, reflect that is that tug of war mentality. But once and if uh, those numbers change and those margins uh, go more to the left, uh, you're going to see more of a radical approach to Biden's agenda. I mean, right now uh, you're seeing a polar opposite of the Trump administration for sure. It's going to, it yeah. reflects more of Obama and Biden being Biden. He does not want to be in Obama's shadow and he's going to do what he can to start his own legacy. But as soon as those margins change in his favor, you are going to see a whole new Biden that we are not prepared for. 
Oh, yeah. uh, so those, the, those, those policies are going to be very scary. And uh, while I'm on that point, uh, my congressman, Rick Crawford, uh, he spoke on this and he told us that, you know, we're worried about Chuck Schumer. We're worried about Joe Biden and we're worried about Nancy Pelosi. But the thing that he said is that we don't need to be worried about them, but we need to be worried about their replacements because their replacements are scarier than what they are. Is right now we're looking at an old guard, but that old guard isn't going to be there very much longer. And the new guys, we see what the new guys are capable of and what they do and what they say. So Joe Biden right now, once things change and those numbers change and the leadership change, Joe Biden's going to change with it. Yikes. Well, pray, church, pray. <laughs> you mentioned right. yeah, you mentioned the division there. Why why is America so politically divided? What, what I don't understand it. Why we're so why, some of the things they fight about, I, I just can't understand why they fight about that. Why why the political division? Right. Well, I mean, at the root of everything, you have culture. And culture has a lot to do with that because, you know, we had the privilege of growing up south of the Mason-Dixon where that we have the Bible Belt. But not everyone was so lucky to have an in-ground uh, uh, belief and faith and a family that prays. And so the South reflects those beliefs. Up north, uh, not as much. Not as much. I know you got family uh, up in the, the the Midwest. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're basically Southerners with a uh, with a different kind of accent. <laughs> yeah, and, and casseroles, lots and yeah. lots of casseroles. But but that said, culture has has a, a part in that. But the true divisiveness is media and what we consume because we are what mm. we eat. And media, you can tell someone who watches Fox News all the time. And you can tell someone that watches, <laughs> you can tell someone that watches MSNBC, News, uh, Newsmax, CNN. You can read them like a book as soon as they start talking. Because that's what they have consumed. And the only thing that you can consume or only thing you can say when you consume something so much is regurgitate it. Because there's just so much in, in you, you're regurgitating what they're feeding. Yeah. And that is the true deep-rooted cause of divisiveness in the country is allowing that kind of information to entertain our lives, to be brainwashed by the talking heads. Wow. And furthermore... We are, I mean, it, you're not getting smart by watching the talking head. You're actually getting dumber. You're rotting your brain and you're causing yourself to lose the ability to think for yourself. Mm. And if you cannot think for yourself, how can you do stuff for yourself? You de- become dependent on the thing you're consuming. And divisiveness, if the talking head says you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, guess what? You're not going to do that. 
You saw a major contrast during COVID on how Fox News talked about Fauci versus CNN, how they talked about Fauci. Now, Fauci is a guy that's getting a paycheck and he's getting paid to say things. Whether you like him or hate him, doesn't matter. Fauci's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. He, he's getting paid to do what he's doing when he was under Trump and when he was in right now under Biden. But your attitude, you know, on Fox News or Newsmax, they're going to demonize him and people will, you know, say nasty things about him because of what they consume and polar opposite on the other end on MSNBC and Fox News. Now, I know I'm going on and on about media, but it is a true, true cause of the decay uh, of America when it comes to its true divisiveness. And we can yeah, see this in our yeah. we can see this in our Congress is that our Congress is regurgitating the same thing that's on Fox News and on CNN because we are a reflection of Congress. Congress, we do not reflect Congress. Congress reflects us. Mm. And that's important technology. And if that's not concerning, if you haven't woke up and smelt the coffee there, you got problems. If there's not a time to, you know, really wake up and, you know, get motivated and changing things is looking at Congress because your congressman reflects you, who you are and how your community is. Oh. And these things you're saying, I have never thought about them before. Wow. You're right. Darren, you're on it. Man. Wow. I think the uh, current culture war and a lot of the social changes that we are seeing transpire, you know, all interworking through our government, it's designed really in a way to hurt what we are, to hurt the, right. the gospel. Right. You look at the far left, how is it that they've united with Islam? And the only thing I can think of is they, because they, Islam and the far left have a common enemy, the church. Right. Uh, we are the ultimate force that is stopping the system of the beast. And I think the precursor to that is the socialist new world order. You know. Right. Right. Believe in that? I believe it 100%. I mean, we're seeing it right now when you have Jerry Nadler go to the congress <laughs> the penguin yeah. yeah the penguin i mean you can do your impression of it i, I would love to hear it again <laughs> oh i'm not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> love to hear it but you have jerry nadler go up in the congress in a legitimate debate on the floor and say that god has no place in the congress yeah and i had on my podcast uh former congressman ed bethune who did a eloquent job in talking about indifference in the country. And speaking on that right there, the left and some members of the right are pushing towards a, you know, I, I support egalitarianism all the way. I support your right to have beliefs and to have the pursuit of happiness. Sure. But, but you cannot push secularism down my throat. 
Because if you're denying me the right to pray within my own facility, like a school or any public place that I'm paying equal taxes for as you are, shame on you, bro. I'm not telling you to, to, uh, you know, I would like you to worship God. I would like you to get to know God. I'd like you to get involved and know more about the gospel, but I'm not going to force that upon you. But you're not going to deny me the ability to do those things in a public place or in my own place of worship. And that is the road that most, well, I say most, but you got a good chunk of those in Congress right now pushing an agenda that is contrary, that will only hurt the church and the congregants of church. And I fear that's going to happen to America. You, well, you see it. It happened in mm-hmm. Europe. Right. That's and it's happening in Canada. I mean, it's happening it's right next door. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to be prepared for it. I mean, it's it's happening, you know, right here in our generation, in our lifetime. And we've got to figure out what, what are we going to do? Right. You know, do we fight back? You know, uh, what, what, what should we be doing right here, right now, you know, to stop this? Right. First and foremost, and I mean, this, this is important. First and foremost, and this is where like a, your podcast spectacular it goes on this point is, you know, and, and you, you talk about every time is that first and foremost, it's pray, it's fast, it's study, it's listening to to God speak, it is listening and submitting to your pastor. That's first and foremost. That that's where we need to be. Second, if we're wanting legitimate change, is we need to get involved. We need to educate ourselves. We don't need to listen to the talking heads. We need to be studying for ourselves. We can't depend solely on them alone. Uh, we need to get out and vote, as cliche as that sounds, but we do. If we don't have a voice at the ballot box, we don't have a voice speaking in public. Uh, we need to be active in participating in uh, uh, whether it be uh, functions, whether it be county committees, uh, political committees, city council meetings. Uh, your county government me- me- uh, county government meetings, legislative meetings, committee meetings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to be involved in these things. We need to be at the negotiation table because we can see the way the world's going. And we can look and see that when it comes to apostolics really participating, I'm not saying that, you know, you push your pastor to run for office because, uh, you know, th- th- that's not always a good thing because your pastor needs to be where he's at. But you yeah. as an apostolic, you have a role to play in the secular realm and in the spiritual realm. And if, if it's put on your heart to lead in that capacity, go and do it. Because if you're sitting on the couch, you're not achieving nothing. And if COVID didn't show us anything, you know, that we, we had church on the couch and we learned really quickly, we cannot have effective church sitting on a couch. True. And if we, if we can't have effective church sitting on the couch, how do you think we're going to have an effective government sitting on the couch? <laughs> Got a point there. Yeah, get involved. 
you're right. Some preachers do well in in politics. Some it's it's very difficult to manage both of them. But I see God raising up people, apostolic saints, getting involved in it. They're called to it. You do a great job at it, and you certainly are making a difference. And I've just really enjoyed hearing your comments on these questions. You've said things I've never thought about before and really challenged me, you know, to get involved and just do more than vote. Just do more than vote. Right. Awesome. Hey, that's that's how you make that difference. That's how how you change standards is you get involved and you get activated. Absolutely. All right. Last question. What can we expect from on top of the mount in the next few weeks? Oh boy. Expect uh, more in depth discussions of various different topics. Uh, I'm not going to disclose them there because if I want you to subscribe and find out for yourself, but I promise you good content. I'm promising you good interviews. Matter of fact, uh, I guess from the time of this airs that following uh, Wednesday, because I have my podcast every Wednesday at one o'clock that starts streaming. I will have uh, former uh, Democrat, uh, see, she was a minority leader, but she is a former, st- uh, state Senator or state representative and current state represent or state Senator, excuse me. I'm twisting my words here. Uh, Joyce Elliott, she, uh, ran for Congress and she happens to be good friends with Nancy Pelosi. And she does know Jerry Nadler. Uh, and, uh, we'll mm. be talking about, um, conservatives of the democratic party and where they belong in the democratic party, or do they need to go elsewhere? Uh, yeah, we will be discussing that. That'll be interesting. Oh, it, it, and trust me, it was, uh, which, uh, uh, you, you do not want to miss it. And there's some stuff that even shocked me while, uh, talking about it. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, this coming Wednesday, one o'clock. Awesome. It'll be fantastic. All right, everyone. We wish you a very happy, wonderful independence day season. And you notice I say season, it's not just a day anymore. This is America and we got a big country and we like to celebrate it big. Darren, are people already blowing stuff up in your neighborhood? They are over here. Uh, this is Arkansas on the mountain, so you better believe it. <laughs> That's right. After Father's Day, we start blowing stuff up. <laughs> right, right. People, people fact, I think fish. that's just a rite of passage to be uh, in Arkansas. You got to blow something up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are they they frying fish. Oh, boy, are they. I live down the street from the best uh, fish place in Mountain View. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, best fried fish in the world comes out of the state of Arkansas. And hush puppies. Mm, Yummy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Darren Waddles with the On Top of the Mount podcast. (laughs) 